0: All right, y'all, this is your man, L. Jamal, coming through with another edition of Never Out of Bounds. This is the place where you can say what you want as long as you got them facts. So we're going to get right into it today with the world on the street. And uh, a couple weeks ago, I was discussing Gavin Newsom and his stances on... uh, Basically, teacher strikes and basically provide affordable housing and just housing in general for people here in California. And lo and behold, uh, that's what he has decided to do. And that's going to be a major part of his uh, his uh, his plan moving forward as governor. Now, of course, for those of you who may not know, he is a governor of this state, California. Uh, But uh, to lead into this, I wanted to drop this fact here. Uh, because maybe it leads into some explanation as to why we're in the position we are in now. Uh, but California has consistently uh, not met its annual target to for building uh, homes for its residents for thirty years. So I would say since there's not you know not enough increased housing or not enough housing being produced, uh, that would require housing to go up if I'm not mistaken. So uh, just because of value. Well, you know uh, price and demand or supply and demand uh, so that makes perfect sense but for what gavin newsom wants to do and he well he plans to develop 3.5 million homes by 2025 so that's a very significant number uh, but in order to do that he uh, wants to increase the spending for affordable homes by 1.75 billion and he also wants to put 1.25 billion on um one time spilling for developing new homes in general. He also wants to make uh will give access uh to seven hundred and fifty million dollars worth of housing rents and also another hundred million to increase mixed income loan programs so from what I see here, he wants to make housing. He wants to make affordable housing. He also well wants to make it easy, I guess, yeah, to finance the home, uh, to purchase those homes, and then also to at least pay for the homes uh, at least through loan programs. And he wants to make that. Um and he actually has an initiative um for I think some type of tax credits for uh for uh you know higher tax bracket families as well. So uh what his plan plans on well what he plans on doing is really helping out all classes in a way in, in some in some way, shape or form. I you know I'll, I don't know if that's all possible uh but he would also he also wants to make five hundred million dollars available uh to be set well he wants five hundred million dollars to be set aside for tax credits um and also three hundred million uh for three hundred million dollars worth of tax credits for low income housing developers so he definitely wants to in low income housing Uh, that's looking like, I mean, well, low, well, he wants to, he doesn't want to end low income house. And that's not what I want to say. He wants to increase, uh, increase that availability and decrease homelessness. And yeah, definitely decrease homelessness and future homelessness. So I definitely agree with it again. I don't know, you know, the ins and outs of how they're going to actually do it per se. Uh, but I, I'm all for it. I'd like to buy a home one day, so uh, for me, I'm all for it. Because again, like I said, I want to buy a home. I want to be able to uh, provide for my family when I eventually have one. So having a home would definitely be easy. Would definitely provide an ease in doing uh, doing that, especially out here where everything is so expensive. So I was just, I was really interested because really why I wanted to cover this is because, like I said a couple of weeks ago, I was kind of going ham on Gavin Newsom and just how he was kind of. You know, in my in my opinion, disregarding the teachers and where they're coming from, especially about you know this housing situation and what they're having to pay to live in this state. Uh, so it was good to see. And I'm not saying that he directly listened to me, uh, but he definitely got the sense of housing in general is a very serious situation out here in California. Again, they have not met their annual target for building homes in 30 years. So they have whether it's been by design, by uh, you know on purpose or just them neglecting it or, you know, just not caring enough to do it. You know, we don't have enough homes and so therefore the homes that we do have uh, have significant value. I also heard some initiatives to stop zoning in transit friendly areas or areas of of ease, uh, you know, like, you know, public transportation and all that. So no redlining there. Uh, Looks like they want to make those areas a bit more affordable as well. At least I would probably say at least the families and so on and so forth. Uh, But it's very interesting how, you know. In some ways, you know, cert- and that's why I, you know, when I, when it comes to voting and you know who we want to vote for and who we want to support, I will go for, you know, I will think about, you know, what are you trying to do, what are you trying to accomplish, and. You know what candidate, if any, uh, kind of wants to see that through, uh, when you when you when you go to your ballot, if you are into voting or if you're into any type of politics, I would think about that first. What are you into? What are you trying to accomplish? What where would you want to see your community, uh, be in ten or fifteen years, and that should influence, uh, who you vote for. You know, I would like to be more self sufficient myself. I'd like to have a home. Uh, I'd like to increase my education. So. Whatever candidate wants to see that happen, I'd vote for him. And again, if people really feel some type of way about how things are being done, I encourage people to get involved themselves. Um, that's just that's just the way it's going to be done. But I like this move here. Uh, again, we need housing here in this state, or at least affordable housing. Uh, we all need a place to live, and we all need to. And maybe they might even need to increase those wages a little bit more. But that's just me. Uh, but for now, I'm gonna move on. And when we come back, we're gonna discuss this Super Bowl. It was, for me, it was a great defensive game. But uh, outside everything else and in the big picture, it was uh, it was just another Super Bowl, I guess. But we'll get back to that in a second. All right, y'all. I'll be back. All right, y'all. I am back. Like I said, I'm going to go over this Super Bowl. Um, I had a couple of days to rewatch it. Go over some highlights, or you know, some more highlights. Uh, watch. I watched it twice. Uh, just watched some highlights again this morning, earlier this morning, and um, I'm gonna say it like this: Of course, the Patriots won thirteen to three, and defensively, it was one of the greatest games I've probably ever seen a football played in my life. Just the defensive effort what Eastside was able to do. Uh, there's a lot of crucial plays that came down to a defense making a play. Uh, that's what got New England that's what got New England to win. Uh, but offensively, I saw the New England Minutemen pull out a a squeaker against the LA Billy Goats. Ugliest game offensively I've seen from both sides. And uh let's get to these stats. Tom Brady went twenty one to thirty five so not too not super bad, but he had a very low QBR. Uh would you like to know what that is? Twenty-six. So twenty-six QBR, sixty percent of his pass is completed, two hundred and sixty-two yards, no touchdowns, interception. Let's look at Jared to know? Uh 19-38, 229 yards, no touchdowns, and an interception. So the most important position didn't show up to play. First and foremost. Now, for all the greatness that Tom Brady is, and you know what? Let's just let's just know. Before I get into the, the 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 feelings and the syntax, let's just get to let's just get through these stats. I don't wanna I don't wanna take up all your day. Let's get through the most important stuff first. The facts, the real facts first. That's all opinion. Sony Michelle, ninety four yards in the touchdown. Rex Burkhead had forty three yards on the ground. As for the Rams, uh, C.J. Anderson had twenty two yards. Todd Gurley had a uh, thirty five yards. So as you can see, no real balance from the Rams as well. Uh so definitely, uh, you can say both defenses had a uh, had had their had their games going in terms of receiving on the Patriots squad. Uh, you got Julian Edelman course leading the way 10 touch uh, 10 catches, excuse me, 141 yards. Of course he wins the Super Bowl MVP and I still think he's overrated and I still think he's not worthy of wearing a gold jacket. And um yeah, he just catches passes. No touchdowns. No touchdowns. The great ones catch touchdowns. Um yeah, Gronk also caught six catches, 86, 87 yards. Uh, in terms of what those Billy Goats did, uh, Brandon Cooks actually had a pretty good game as well, though. Uh, eight catches, 120 yards, but again, nobody scored, so it doesn't really matter. Robert Woods, five uh, five catches, seventy seven yards. Um, Tried to show up for the hometown team, of course. He's a USC product. Again, you know, just one of those one of those games, defensively, I thought it was masterful, but if we just could have had like 20, 20 points by each team, like three touchdowns scored by each team, come on, that would have been, come on, or like at least four touchdowns in total from both teams, something, just give us something, and, um, Speaking of defense, uh, Jonathan Jones had eight total tackles for the Patriots. Uh, Stephen Gilmore he had a five he had five total tackles and of course the game winning interception. I thought he played a masterful game in terms, in terms of his coverage. Uh, both squads really of course, Edelman did his thing underneath, but he didn't burn nobody again. He didn't score. He just caught underneath stuff and you know got some yak, which is yards after the catch. That's for those of you who don't know, but you know he ain't again. He's not special. None. I mean, I, oof, you know, for the Rams, like I said, let me get to these stats, and I'm gonna get into I'm gonna get to these, get into how I feel for the Rams. Uh, defensively, they were led by Corey Littleton. Uh, he had ten total tackles and of course. He had the game starting interception uh, on the first play of the game, and also uh safety John Johnson had seven total tackles. But um, looking back on this game, uh, again, I called it the the New England Minutemen and the Billy Goats, at least on offense. That I call it like that for a reason. Uh, for what it's worth I know people are going to tell you Tom Brady is a masterful guy. He's a he's the greatest quarterback ever. Not with uh, it, not with no touchdowns and interception. And as far as I as far as I'm concerned, this whole season he's been showing his age. And I I'll give him this one and just because what I'm seeing from the NFC, I know I know Kirk Cousins is garbage. I know Jared Goff <sighs> Jared Goff uh, for one, uh, y'all worried about Dak Prescott, him being good? I'm still, I'm still, I'm sorry. I had to open up. I had to open my book back up on Jared Goff, and I'm erasing stuff. I'm taking notes. You no, know, I'm very, I'm questioning him because he makes, if he makes a couple throws, we're looking at a totally different game, but he just flat out didn't do nothing. So you can even give Tom Brady just w- maybe just, just one more. Just out of just 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 out of just giving it to him. Just to get out of our faces for the rest of our lives. After the after next year, they're done. Belichick, again, he great defensive mind. Couldn't do nothing to put this team that team away or make them really look bad. I'm sorry. The Rams look bad because Jared Goff He's a very questionable quarterback now. He's been exposed, and it's not even that he got he got hit three times, he got sacked three times. Okay, yeah, he had a little bit of happy feet, but the issue he's had issues for the last part of this season, heading into this game. This just this is not started the Super Bowl, so you got Tom Brady. You're a lucky motherfucker. You're a lucky man because I don't. If Patty Mahomes is on that squad, I don't know if you win that game. You give Drew Brees that team? I don't know. They didn't. They didn't run the ball that well like y'all did. Well, y'all had y'all didn't have a hundred yards rushing. So both teams did not score. Did not do that well offensively. That's the, that's the thing. I I can't take away too much from the game entirely because the defense is played so well, and you have to. That's you know you gotta say that's probably a factor. Definitely a real huge factor into why the offenses look so bad. But Jared Goff, come on. Whew. You had If you had Brandon Cooks like twice, dude, and you could have won that game. You could have did it. Come on, dude. Terrible. Terrible. Oh, God. And Tom, no. He's old. He's getting up there. I'm sorry. His age is showing. So is Belichick's on the offensive side. N- nothing new. Nothing special. Yeah, you know, I mean, for what it's worth, Tom Brady didn't even score the game with a touchdown. So it's not even like he had a great. You can't even really say that he was a real factor in the why they really won. Sonny Michelle scored that touchdown. I mean, come on. You're going to run the ball 90% of the time anyways if you're that close to the end zone. Nobody's going to pull a Russell Wilson again. Come on. That's a gimme play. Ooh, they, 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 they went power-eye and just said old school, no. They just used their head and said, look, we're right there. Just run the ball. We don't need to make this complicated. Just go home. This quarterback's obviously trash. He's he's given us so many blessings. This defense has been on our ass all day. Not necessarily in, in our quarterback's face. But outside of Julian Edelman and, the, and some of the gash plays Michelle had, that Patriots offense was boo-boo. Stop it. And it's nobody like it's not like Julian Edelman scored what his rated ass either. I'm gonna say I'm 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 sorry. Tom is one of the luckiest quarterbacks I've ever seen. You you oh, you, oh my god. Luck, man. You, oh, you gotta be you, tuck play, spy gay. Man, Julian Elman is a dope bean. He's a he's a he's a fuck. He's a he's a damn steroid user, abuser. Come on, man. Y'all, y'all be happy with this little rinky dink ass win that after nobody cared about after the second half. The average fans don't care about this game. I'm a real NFL so NFL fan, so I can appreciate the defense that was played, but I can see where these we these these casual fans are like, Man, that was boo boo. That was boring. Jagoff, you disappointed America. It was on it was on you. You had two passes. But you couldn't do nothing. You trash, boo. You trash, bro, bro. You trash, boo boo. Yeah, I say it, you trash boo boo. You just gotta got do something about that, boo boo. that was boo boo. Your new nickname is Boo Boo. Yep. Jared Goff is officially Boo Boo. Is the LA the LA Billy Goats led by Boo Boo. Okay? That's what it's gonna be for me from now on. Until I see something different. Yep. And the and the and the Patriots are officially the Minutemen. I don't care what y'all say. They are the Minutemen. They didn't do nothing. They not special. They play good yeah, they play some solid defense, but they not nah. Next year, I don't know. It's gonna be different. I I just feel it. I'm not buying them no more. I'm not. I'm not feeling them no more. I'm not. I'm not. I don't think. I don't see them as a threat. Mm-mm. They got. They got. They got really lucky. I'm serious. They got really lucky. Jared Goff had two. He's boo boo. He's boo boo child. He's honey boo boo now. He's not. I don't. He's not a credible quarterback to me at the moment. I'm sorry. I'm gonna have to. I'm. I'm not to to just state my feelings right now. He's nah. I'm sorry, Jared. It was on your. It was on your doorstep. It was that, and in the fan base, the LA fan base didn't even show up to the game. Like, bro, y'all weak. Y'all sad. I'm like, come on, y'all don't care. That's not a good sign for LA. That's why I say Tom might just get one more, and then I just hope he just go away forever. <laughs> but. For now, let me take a quick break and I'm gonna wrap everything up with some uh college basketball. I'm gonna go over last night's scores. Uh then we're gonna go over the top twenty-five as well. Uh yeah, I'll be right back, y'all. Alright y'all, I am back and I'm gonna wrap this up for today. I wanna apologize for going ham on Jig or off like that, but uh it was just frustrating to see. Um, you know it, both teams played pretty great defensively. Uh, but again that just it looks so terrible like that. And they had the opportunities that he did. And I'm already a Patriots hater. Like, I'm a Raider fan. So, everything they do is tainted. Because tainted, all I think about is tuck rules. So, I man, I was just frustrating to see. And uh, like I said, they had multiple opportunities in my opinion. And they just couldn't come through. And it was mostly, in my opinion... On Jerry Goff. But moving on, let's go through these college hoops. And last night, of course, we had some top 25 action that we're going to be going over. And uh, we're going to start it off with uh, number 16, Louisville, getting a minor upset against number 11, Virginia Tech. That final score here is going to be 72-64. to For Louisville, they were led by their two forwards. Dwayne Sutton had 17 points, 9 rebounds, and also 4 assists, as well as forward uh, Jordan and Ward. He had 15 points and 8 rebounds. Uh, they also had help from Ryan McMahon who had 17 points off the bench. For Virginia Tech, they were led by their standout forward, Cary Blackshear Jr. He had 21 points, 5 rebounds. And their guard, Nikhil Alexander-Walker, as usual, does his thing. He had 17 points, 4 rebounds, and also 4 assists. Louisville goes up to 17-6 and on the year. Uh, Virginia Tech moves down to 18-4. and uh, Next up, we got number 17, Iowa State. Uh, they were able to get it done against Oklahoma, 75-74, is the final score there for Iowa State. They were led by their guard, uh, Mario Shayak, straight out of Canada. He had 16 points, 8 rebounds, and also 5 assists. They also got help from their other guard, Lindale Wigington, 18 points, 4 rebounds, as well as Oklahoma. They got help from their two uh Forwards, excuse me. Christian Doolittle had nineteen points, nine rebounds, and two assists. Brady Manick also had seven, uh, sorry, sixteen points, two rebounds, and two assists. For Iowa State, they move up to eight 10 and five. Oklahoma currently is standing at fifteen and eight. Uh, finally, we got uh, number eighteen Texas Tech getting it done against unranked West Virginia, eighty-one to fifty is the final score there. Uh, for t- for West Virginia, they got. Basically, all they're scoring from their forward, Derek Culver. He had 23 points and 12 rebounds. Their next, their next, uh, their next leading scorer will be Jordan McCab, who had 17 points. Uh, next up for Texas Tech, Texas Tech, uh, they were led by their two guards, Brandon Jacobs. He had uh, 16 points and two rebounds. Uh, the other guard. Uh, Jarrett Culver had, uh, 20 points and, uh, sorry, not 20 points, I'm sorry, 12 points, four assists and two rebounds, but West Virginia, they moved down to 10 and 13, which has been a struggle and they've been struggling so far this year and as for Texas Tech, they moved up to 18 and five and, uh, they're in the, they're in the top three of the tech of the big 12 right now. So they're looking up, but moving on, we're going to go to the top 25 and we're going to start off with Cincinnati, who's making another appearance, uh, on the list, uh, they are nineteen and three at the moment. They've won seven in a row. Uh, the last game was a seventy-three to sixty-eight win versus Southern Methodist University out there in Dallas, Texas. Uh, they are currently eight and one, which is good enough for first in the American Conference, and they are eleventh on defense with sixty-one points uh, allowed a game. Uh, they're looking to be. Um, they look. They do look to be pretty solid. Uh, again, they play in a, a a easier conference. Uh, they've won seven in a row. They're getting hot. They're scoring points. They play good defense. I would not be surprised they were able to make it to the big dance. Uh, out there in March. So, uh, they're looking good right now. They've looked hot, and uh, let's see what they do. Uh, twenty four we have Maryland at seventeen and six. Twenty three we got Buffalo coming in at nineteen and three. Twenty two we have. Florida State at sixteen and five. At twenty-one, we have LSU, who is at seventeen and four. At twenty, we have Iowa. At uh, I'm sorry. At twenty, yes. At twenty, we have Iowa at seventeen and five. At number nineteen, here comes Wisconsin. They are currently six and six. Uh, sorry, sixteen and six. They moved up five spots from last week. Uh, their last game was a sixty-nine to sixty-one win versus number twenty-four Maryland, and they are currently fourth in the Big Twelve. They have an eight and three record, so they are pretty much right there neck and neck with the top three so uh, they're currently ninth on defense as well in the nation but moving on we got number 18 uh texas tech they're currently sitting at 18 and five we also got iowa state at 17 that's 18 and five at 16 we have louisville at 17 and six Purdue is at 16 and 6 as well. At number 14, we have Villanova at 18 and 4. At 13, here comes Kansas, the Jayhawks, 17 and 5. They've regressed a little bit. I don't know where they're going to be headed for the rest of this year. I don't know what their tra- trajectory is. Uh, number 12, uh, we have Houston at 21-1. and They're getting some love, but again, they played a very insignificant conference, and they're not getting a whole lot of love in the strength of schedule department, so again, they're going to get some points docked against them. At number 11, we have Virginia Tech at 18-4. Uh, they took a loss last night, so they'll probably drop at some point uh, next week. At 10, we have Marquette. They have one. Eight in a row, they're 14-0 at home. Uh their defense is pretty solid as well, only 69 points allowed a game. And their uh, leading scorer is junior guard Marcus Howard, who averages 25 points a game, four rebounds, and four assists. They're currently leading their conference, and in my opinion, they're looking like a good they're looking like a wild card in my opinion for the uh the, 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 the tournament in my opinion coming up in March. Um they play solid defense. My question, and they look pretty good on offense. They don't always score a lot of points, uh, but they seem to shut they seem to outscore their opponents by a significant amount by, by a significant amount. So Marquette, in my opinion, is a real dark horse going into this tournament. Uh next up, we got Michigan State at number nine, eighteen and two. They've lost two in a row. Again, that's one of those teams where I don't really know what their trajectory is. Uh they play solid defense, but their offense is a little bit more to be desired. Of course, they got Cassius Winston at the guard position, who can do so many things. But right now, I don't know what to say about him. At number eight, we got UNC, aka North Carolina. They are seventeen and four. Uh, we got number seven, Michigan. They are twenty and two. But both their losses have come at home, and offensively, they leave a lot to be desired at well, as well. They don't. They have. I don't think they. Yeah, they only really score about 65, sixty-five points a game, which in the Big Twelve. Is enough, but I think come tournament time they could get torched. Uh, at number six, we got Nevada 21 and 1. Again, they play in a semi. Semi easy conference, uh, but they've beaten some, some power conference teams as well. So they look to be solid. They've also had a, a couple wins with teams in the top twenty-five as well. Uh moving on, we got Kentucky. They are currently at 18 and 3. They've jumped up significantly over the past couple of weeks. They just keep winning. Uh, it looks like they stabilized everything for now. Uh, but moving on, we got Gonzaga, they're 21 and 2, they've won twelve in a row, and uh they're looking dominant. Yeah, they, they've been looking dominant for the past three weeks. At three, we have Virginia. They are currently at 20 and 1. At number two, we have Duke at 19, 19 and 2. And finally, uh, we have Tennessee. They're 20 and 1, and they won 16 in a row. I don't know when they're going to drop one. They're my favorite. Looking into the uh, looking at March Madness right now, so they're pretty solid. They're, I believe they're still undefeated at home. Uh, they they perform pretty well on the road as well. Uh, great offensive rating, great defensive rating. Uh, they don't really allow that many points a game, and they score a lot. So that's my that's that's my pick so far. I definitely think they win their conference. They're still number one in the conference, especially with LSU taking a few losses uh, in the past couple of weeks. So that's who I'm riding with. I'm gonna wrap. I'm gonna wrap this up for today. Uh, but my next episode, uh, I wanted to talk about uh, that, well war on the street is trump's inauguration committee has been as well as being investigated by the feds so we're going to talk a little bit about that of course whatever international or national news that might be pertinent at that moment Uh, we also got some nba news to talk about as well we're going to be getting a little bit deeper into these anthony davis trade proposals by the lakers and why the pelicans seem to be so underwhelmed by them Uh, also i want to have an aquaman review i just saw that movie yesterday I thought it was well I'll leave my thoughts for the review and uh, in the future I got a couple more things coming up as well. I'm going to be doing a comparing contrast between two of my favorite uh, Wesley Snipes movies New Jack City and also Sugar Hill sort of similar of course, they're different. Uh, we're gonna do that. We're gonna talk about it as well, and then also we're gonna do an NFL wrap up. Uh, my my biggest, uh, well, in my opinion, you know, my biggest takeaways of the season, biggest disappointments, surprises, so on and so forth, and just how I feel about the season, uh, ending, and then also, uh, we're gonna have an MLB update. Of course, uh, we still got Bryce hopper and Manny Machado on the free asian market. I'll talk a little bit about that, and I'll probably be talking about some more. Uh, some more notable free agent signings uh, out there in ba- in the baseball world as well and if i'm not mistaken spring uh spring training is on its way so it would behoove me to get a preview out there for you guys for that too. So I'll be I'll be working on those projects as well. So y'all keep a lookout. out. Uh, definitely, I will be back within the next couple of days or so. So keep a look out. Like I said, you can follow me on Facebook, L Jamal Johnny. That is E L J A M A H A D J A N I. If you want to hit me up online, you can check out my Gmail. Hit me up there, L J Butler. E L J B-U-T-L-E, y'all, of course, 75 at gmail.com. You can also catch me on Instagram, johnny of course. And, yep, I'm also on Snapchat, J Butler. So I want to wrap this up for today, y'all. If anybody hasn't told you yet, I love you. And uh, one love, peace out. You know what it is. All right, y'all, I'm gone.